no one can serve two masters. He will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you shall eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the sky. They do not sow or reap. They gather nothing into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are not you more important than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single moment to your lifespan? Why are you anxious about clothes? Learn from the way the wildflowers grow. They do not work or spin, but I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was clothed like one of them. If God so clothes the grass of the field, which grows today and is thrown into the oven tomorrow, will he not much more provide for you, O oh, you of little faith? So do not worry and say, What are we to eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what are we to wear? All these things the pagans seek. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given you besides. Do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Sufficient for a day is its own evil. This is Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. And you're listening to Medjinomics with a friend of Medjugorje. As we look toward the July apparitions here at Caritas in Alabama, we wanted to share with you something which a friend of Medjugorje spoke to thousands of people about July the 1st, 2012. This encounter with a friend of Medjugorje was at a particular moment in history in which many of you in the course, as you hear him speaking, will probably remember some of the events which were going on in the world at the time. And a friend of Medjugorje offers us a great challenge in this broadcast today. Today's broadcast is a one-hour special. And so here is a friend of Medjugorje, July the 1st, 2012. It's pretty incredible, Satan was so envious of Adam and Eve of what they were given and what he lost that it was his envy that's named as his great sin. Of course, we know it's through pride, but how he envies us. And so it is, he hates us. He hates the plans of a lady. He hates that you're here. And so, of course, we know Job was tested we know that he asked in front of God's throne to be tested, or Satan asked God to test Job. And so it is, I gave a message that said that God wants to speak to you through nature, through men, and various other ways. And so it's not by chance that you're here and that Birmingham is one of the hottest places in the nation right now. <laughs> so this is a message. What does it mean? It means that the people Our Lady calls today, dear children today, dear children today, dear children today, are the people 
who are responding in the time of invitation. I invite, I invite, I invite, are words we continually hear from Our Lady. What does that mean? It means that if we respond in the time of invitation, then we are purified and go through our purification now rather than later. It doesn't mean we won't be purified with whatever's coming. But would you rather have to run the marathon without any conditioning? You just put out there and run in heat like this? We just returned from Medjugorje. We had a group of 55 people or so. There was two Yvonne apparitions our lady gave to the prayer group. The anniversary, Ivanka. We had several messages there. It was beautiful. But on the way up to the mountain, one of the ladies fell. She had eight stitches here. Another had broken her foot just before she came and she was there. Many people get injured on the mountain. Maria says, I read that was Yaakov. And Maria says she can't hide anything from her lady. She knows everything. Yaakov said that our lady knows everything going on inside of me, down to my little toe. She knows what's going on inside my little toe. That our lady called people to Medjugorje, to Rock Strewn Mountain, a difficult place to climb, no comfort per se. That she couldn't put in this woman's heart. If you go up there tonight, you're going to fall and bust your head and get eight stitches. There's people that climbed those mountains and died there. Maria, a few years ago, introduced me to a priest that was there. This is Father So-and-So from Italy. The next day, he disappeared on a mountain. They couldn't find him. We searched. Marie even had an apparition on the mountain when they were searching. We had a community searching for him. The military from Italy joined in trying to find this priest. They never found him. Until about 11 months or so later, found him dead. He'd gotten lost. Death and hardships aren't the same thing to God that it is to us. We're called to sacrifice in the time of invitation. Our lady told Yvonne last year, do you permit me? Or maybe it's Mariana. Do you permit me to purify your heart? She didn't say she was going to do it. Because if you don't accept her invitation now, you can forestall it. But do you want to wait? Do you think it's going to be comfortable then? How many times have you read survival stories? I remember years ago reading one about these three guys fell off a ship. Two of them drowned, but the guy who had been swimming a lot and was really healthy and fit, he made it until he was rescued. And so what do we face now? What does this heat tell us? It's not by accident. We've had a really, really mild, cool spring all the way up to this point. And now look at it. We get to feel what hell is a little bit, maybe purgatory, not hell. <laughs> but it's not by chance. And these things are so easy to pass by you. You can be so preoccupied, or I want to go back to the hotel and go to the pool and cool off. And some probably have done that. If they tell you tomorrow that's what they did, they couldn't take it, chastise them. You mean you don't want to be chastised now? You want to be chastised later? It's not by chance 
that when you call it a pilgrimage, that it's not a pilgrimage. It's not a vacation. It's not something of comfort. There's an intent and there's a purpose to it. And so what is that purpose? What are the trials that you go through? And many people are driven by envy in this culture today, which causes in and of itself a great strife where there's no love, a real true lack of love. If there's anything our lady's bringing to us today, it's love. She said in the bedroom in 1988, actually November 23rd, she said, I invite you to pray. The next day, I invite you. Several things here was given was invite. But on November 30th, 1988, our lady says, I wish that your life be love. Only love. Everything that you do, do it with love. And every little thing. See Jesus and his example. You also do as Jesus did. He died out of love for you. Thank you, Mary. She's telling you that. Die out of love. And everything you do, you also offer all you do with love to God, even the smallest things in everyday life. So our lady's coming to us in a detail, in a way that she wants us to understand what we do and why we do it. Why are you here? Why are you sitting in the heat when you could have gone to the beach and spent the same money and done something else like that? Because we're on what our lady says, an incessant search. For what's right. What is the right way? We're lost. And to have the grace to be able to pinpoint a date and knowing our lady's coming rather than something spontaneous like in Fatima or Lourdes is a great grace in and of itself. Just like the priest said this morning about his mother calling about the parish. Do they have running water? She doesn't take that for granted. Maybe archaic to us, maybe humorous. It was funny. I'm going to send you chopsticks. Do they have, do they have silverware? You know, what, what do you need? Are we going to go back to that? What's in store for us? And God won't compete with the loud voices in our life. Not the music, not the billboards, not the cell phone, not the television, not the pleasures, the entertainments, the sports. God won't compete with that. He withdraws from that. His voice is so mighty and so loud that the most faintest whisper will overshadow that. But it's so easy to destroy that by these elements that you can't hear it unless you find quiet, unless you go on pilgrimage, unless you look for this voice. And when you hear him, it's mighty. The devil's got his voice. Last Friday night, or maybe it was Monday. It was the 22nd. I guess that was Monday. There were six possessed people on the mountain. One man slithered across the rocks 30 feet. Our group was into everything, but they really got into it after they saw that. The reality of the devil is not known to people today. They just think evil is evil in and of itself for people. Some people, everybody's good. There's just some things that are evil. And so our lady even teaches us through this. It woke our people up on our group. Yvonne was asked once, what do we tell people who don't believe in the devil? He said, don't worry. When they meet him, they'll believe. 
And he's not an atheist. The devil actually is a more believer than we are. He's been face to face with God. He deals with them every day. And so Mariana's messages on the second of each month are telling us something profound. And we all thought it was for non-believers. She slowly has led us to understand those messages are for us. The non-believers aren't listening. When they convert later, or if they convert, they'll be rereading them, and it'll apply to them. But we all have atheism in us. We all have non-belief. So much of our lives are filled with aspects of non-belief. And the longer you grow with the lady, the longer you go with the lady, the more you'll understand that there's a lot of things you need to be purified from. So here, as we've been doing for the last months, the big answer is to give our lady a yes. Do you permit her, while you're here, to be purified and start a road of purification? It will not be pleasant, but great will the consolation be that while you do this in a time of invitation, rather than wait when there's no more invitation, and the world must go through its purification. We can't be where we are today. We can't do the things we do today and expect to escape correction. Never has it happened in history. And God's not going to say, well, you're all so smart. You've got so much modern things. You can figure out everything. I don't have to do it now. It will come. It always has in the past. It will come in the future. Our lady said in the late 90s that you're in a particular time. This is not normal. These are not normal apparitions. It's just not another Fatima. It's Our Lady who says, what I begin in Fatima, the secrets in Fatima, Medjugorje basically is the fulfillment. Get the book at Medjugorje Fulfillment of All Marian Apparitions to understand that. I won't go in there. I don't want to go that direction with this. On June 22nd, just last week, we were in Medjugorje on the mountain at 10 p.m. And Our Lady appeared. Yvonne said, today as always, after every meeting with Our Lady, I desire to describe to you what is the most important? Also today, Our Lady came very joyful and happy, and at the beginning, she greeted us with her motherly greeting. Praise be Jesus, my dear children. Then for a longer time, with her arms extended, she prayed over all of us. She prayed in Aramaic language. Then she blessed us. A few days before that, the weekend before that, she had discussed things privately with Devon. They talked about various different things. But anyway, here's the message she gave. Dear children, also today I call you to decide for Jesus. Decide and set out together with him into the future. I am with you, dear children, because my son permitted me to remain with you for so long. Because I desire to lead you, to teach you, to educate you. I desire to lead all of you to my son. I desire to lead all of you to heaven. Therefore... Today I call you anew. Decide for him. Put him in the first place in your life. Dear children, this world in which you live is passing. Therefore, decide, comma, decide for peace. Live peace, decide for prayer. Pray, dear children. Pray, pray. Thank you, dear children, also today for having responded to my call. Eva went on to say, a lady spoke to me. Her and I had a discussion just between, a conversation between the two of us. 
Our lady these days in the last couple of years has been speaking a lot to Yvonne back and forth. He had said last May, it was May or June last year, that many do not understand why Our Lady's coming every day, including the priest. Many pilgrims and priests do not understand why she comes every day. But there'll be physical changes upon the earth that will happen, and then you will understand. Our Lady says, be ready. You can go on beready.gov, and they're telling you to be ready. All for the wrong reasons. You'll read that, and they fired the first shot, 2012. Dear children, this world in which you live is passing. Our lady's not speaking in terms where the world's going to end one day or it's passing and we just pass it through this life. She's speaking about this particular time. And of course, what time is it? She herself says, this is my time. You all probably know that. I was talking to somebody in Medjugorje who wasn't Catholic. He was sitting next to me during dinner. And he said he'd come to find out about this and on pilgrimage with us, second time. He'd come here last March. He said he was a truck driver and driving in New York. And he saw a billboard. This is my time billboard. Then he saw one about the apparitions. Then he went through New Jersey and he saw another one. He said he went on several states all the way to Missouri and then Kansas and saw like five billboards and it just drove him crazy. So finally he picked up the phone and calls. And then he finds out about what is this apparition stuff, and he didn't know a whole lot about it. And he drove down, and he loves everything he sees. He's, he says, the priest he's talking to now says, I want you to take instructions, so he's about to start to become Catholic. It took five billboards for that to happen. <laughs> but I'll let it get you. But nevertheless... We need to be doing everything we can because this life is passing. But there's a rejection of Our Lady, or rather a rejection of Jesus. We're a Christian nation. They can say we're not. It doesn't matter. We may not be living it, but that doesn't change our history. They want us to think that, so we won't be. Faith it into belief. Faith it that we're not a Christian nation, and you can make it not so. Many people are really looking on our nation as really sick and really in trouble. It is, without doubt. But I tell you, you can't even compare us to Europe and other nations. There's still a lot of vestiges of goodness in this country. And that's why you see so much possession of demonics from other countries. It's not that prevalent here in this country. It will be. When you start removing Jesus... Which, what are you saying? Decide for Jesus means we're not deciding for Jesus. When you start taking them out of the public square, you can expect these things to elevate into prominence and be propagated. And it's really frustrating over there seeing this, being in the middle of apparition, seeing these kinds of things happen. At first, you're really interested in it. But Jesus, the first thing he told them was, be silent. Our nation is in great peril. You're here for the purpose of giving it to Our Lady and a reconsecration to change that. The only way that can happen is that we leave here with a commitment in our heart that we change it. We are the problem. It's not the reprobates. It's not those who are in great sin. It's not those who don't know God. 
It's us. When we quit the light and we turn it off, and we turn it off and on we want to at our choosing, then society fails. You've read my writings talking about the salt of the earth. Our lady said that. Be the salt of the earth. Salt goes flat. It doesn't preserve. We have hogs here. We salt the meat. It can stay preserved without refrigerations, really almost miraculously. Two or three years, even longer. And so as Christians, we're flat. We're not convicting. We have no power within us. And if there's one thing I have to name that we don't have, and the cause of our not being able to convict is love. There was a deacon that went to Medjugorje years, probably 20 years ago, and we were going into one room, and he stood outside telling everybody, I love you, I love you, I love you. You know, and it just it was repulsive to me. That's not love. And it was so robotic. Love is preferring another's needs before your own. Try to do that all your life. Mary, Mariana said, never put her life herself first. Never. In her whole lifetime. An amazing feat. Why is it so important? Because love is connected to kindness. But we've got a long idea, really, what love is. John displays in his writings in the Bible that love is best displayed by obedience. Love can be tough. Love can be harsh. It don't have to be unkind. It don't have to be mean. But we've lost the virtue of kindness, the virtue of convicting. We think it's charity. We think works of charity is everything. We've gone to a social justice mentality. Where is that getting us? Healthcare. That's where it came from. That came from within the church. We've been feasting on this for 20, 30 years. Because the church has vacated its position and what it's supposed to be doing for health care. So we are where we are because it's our fault. So until we come potent, the meat of society that's going rotten, we will never preserve it. And it's not up for us to be complaining about the reprobates and what they're doing and how bad and wicked things that they do. That our lady is trying to get us to see it's you. It's me. I've got to change. And so if we want to change our nation, you have to make a commitment to change. Because America is free. It's liberty. We're losing it. And we're losing it because of sin. Mariana came to Oregon in 19, it's February 2nd, 1990. She had just gotten married. She wasn't having any apparitions. And Our Lady in America in Oregon appeared to her. And immediately when it happened, I knew why. I knew because here is more freedom. You think, well, what do you mean freedom? Why not Medjugorje? Not everything can be put out in Medjugorje. There's still mentalities that's closed there. There's blocking of certain things, certain ideas. And Our Lady can say here in this country things that she can't say in other places even. Because we're more apt to promote it. We're more apt to go be buying millions of dollars worth of printing equipment to get it out. When somebody says you shouldn't be putting it out, we're going to do it. And so Our Lady does have more openness to do things. In 1988, she was free. Maria was shocked. I was shocked. Everybody was shocked that Our Lady was giving messages every day for almost three months. Nobody expected that. Nobody expected her to ask for a community to be established. I tell them we're a community for what? Look, look at these woods. I moved out to get away from people. You think I want this many people here? <laughs> so a lady has her plans and you have your plans. 
I want to do God's will, but this wasn't my plan. But a lady gets her way once you love her. Once you understand there's no other way. When you come down to the nitty-gritty and the choice you have to make, do what's hard. Do the difficult. Go that way. You'll never regret it. You won't like it. It's not fun and it's not pleasant. But great is the consolations for the future. Yvonne was told, set out. We just heard this twice. Set out into the future. What is she saying that for? Because we have to break away from the direction the culture is going now because it's not going to be revived. This is not going to be resurrection. Our lady's not coming to resurrect things and everything's going to go back like it was. We're about to experience life change as the way we know it. We will not be living life as we presently do. Or we'll come back to it maybe a century from now when the final Antichrist comes or maybe later. Our lady said right at the turn of the millennium at Christmas on the 25th, a new possibility opens for you for peace this century. So her aim, her goals, her hints in the messages speak about a century of peace. Satan is ending his century. He had it. She wants her century. What for? For the kingdom of love. And love has grown cold today. The Bible talks about toward the end times that the heart of man will grow cold. There'll be no love. So Mariana's in Oregon, and she's free to speak. She'd been receiving interlocutions, and this turned into her first apparition since 82, when she lost her apparitions. Our lady says, I have been with you for nine years. For nine years, I wanted to tell you that God, your Father, is the only way, truth, and life. Everything today is in rejection of God. Oh, you can do it. Just push it back underneath the church steeples, not in the streets, not in the public square, not in the military. The chaplains can't do this. You can't do that. I wish to show you the way to eternal life. I wish to be your tie, your connection to the profound faith. Listen to me. We're supposed to listen to the church. That's not in question. We're supposed to listen to spiritual direction. That's not in question. A Russian saint said in the 1800s, there's going to come a time when the direction wouldn't be there. That the mother of God would have to come herself and lead us. And you find a good holy priest, try to get a appointment with him. He's covered up. There is a lack of spiritual direction. Which way do we walk? We expect comfort. We got challenged by somebody on our trip, this last trip, because of going up the mountain. And we try to screen. We want to pre-screen people to go with us. We don't want them with us. We tell in our handbook that we send them before they pay for our pilgrimage. This is who we are. We're the Navy SEALs. This is what we expect. And we're going to push you. And we're going to kill you. We just tell them. I told them in the first night they got there, I didn't leave the group, Joan did, but I told them, okay, the first two days you're going to go to both mountains, you're going to go to a prayer group, you're going to be do this, and you're not going to sleep, and I know you just travel for 40 hours or 30 hours, and we're going to try to kill you because our lady's done it to us. And I had somebody in the beginning days when I started bringing pilgrimages this way said to me, at the last day, 
my doctor, he came to me, he says, you know, I really resented the way you ran this whole pilgrimage. But don't change nothing. <laughs> Our Lady's pattern is to choose the difficult path, the rocky path. There's no place still, after 30 years, to sit and get comfortable on that mountain. Now I'm myself up there trying to sit on, find the right pointed rock to sit on, waiting to start the rosary. It's not comfortable. It's not easy to walk up and down. And yet, I still cause people to go up the mountain. Many a time, I was telling my daughter, and some went around with us, that I carried every one of my kids down that mountain. They'd fall asleep. Except past my first one, my oldest one, through 28 years. And so it never stops. Our lady gave a message once that says, you'll learn the sweetness of those who continually go on giving their lives to me. One of the greatest events of Jesus' ministry, the apostles fell asleep three times. They couldn't stay awake. Why do you suppose that was? I always like to look on the other side of what's not written in the scriptures. Let's see. Jesus is about to go through his passion. He's told them what they're going to do. They've had the last supper, and these guys are sleeping. Jesus killed them. They were worn out. They didn't sleep for days. They couldn't go on. It was just at Maria's place. She's building this new place like for like a big retreat center. And my wife's on the floor. My daughter's on the floor. Uh, Jessica and Jacinta's on the floor scrubbing. And this Italian man comes in. And I was moving some chairs in there. And he says to me, and he's well-fed. Evidently, he was comfortable. And he said something in Italian, and I didn't understand what he said. And he said it again. He said it a third time. And then some guy next to him translated. He says, once you start working here, you never stop. Maria told me this morning, or well on the way back, that he owns a factory. He has like 600 workers. They make Italian shoes and all this stuff. He's got a big factory. So he's comfortable. But where is he now? The next day, he dropped dead. Just like that. I don't know why I tell you the story. It's interesting. But this life is passing. But the time and the age we live in is passing. We need to realize that. Often we hear about the end of the world, and we're told... Don't think about that. You talk about you're in the world when you die. But a lady's coming with something that life as we know it will change. Everybody feels it. You sense it. And you know it's not right. And nobody's happy. I was just talking to my daughter-in-law. They were talking about her, her, her sister just got back from Africa. And how they had nothing there. Nothing to play with but matchsticks. A few sticks and things like that. And they were so happy. I saw that in Mexico. Impoverished. Very happy. Maria says they used to go to the fields and, and work and they'd cry. It was so difficult, so hard. And they'd be up to midnight just laughing and cutting up. Our Lady wants us to be happy. What does that mean? Maria, when she was here in 88, I says, Did Our Lady ever tell you, Maria, what she told Bernadette in Lourdes? She said, What? I said, Our Lady told her... I can't promise that you'll ever be happy in this life. She says, no. Our lady told me she wants me to be happy. She wants me to be happy in this life. What does that tell you? What makes people happy in Africa? A lot of things? A lot of material things? Or a simple way of life? A lady gave a message, says, I want you to live simply. And when you're in that kind of condition, where you depend more on God... He becomes what? What he said to Mariana. God, your Father, is the only way, truth, and life. 
This is not just eternal life. LA speaks to us. She's talking about a radical change in this way of life that we live. I wish to show you the way to eternal life. I wish to be your tie, your connection to the profound faith. Listen to me. Take your rosary. Get your children, your families with you. This is the way to come to salvation. Give your good example to your children. Give a good example to those who do not believe. You will not have happiness on this earth. Neither will you come to heaven if you're not with pure and humble hearts and do not fulfill the, love, the law of God. I am asking for your help to join me in prayer, or rather join me to pray for those who do not believe. You're helping me very little. You have little charity or love of your neighbor, and God gave you the love and showed you how, to sh how you should forgive and love others. For that reason, reconcile and purify your souls. Take your rosary and pray it. All your suffering, take patiently. You should remember that Jesus was patiently suffering for you. Let me be your mother and your tie to God, to the eternal life. Do not impose your faith on unbelievers. Show it to them by your example and pray for them. My children, pray. And so it is. You are helping me very little. You have little charity or love for your neighbor. Who's your first neighbor? Next door? It's often amusing to me. I look at these waitresses at restaurants, and they're just nice, and they're doing this, and they get the tips. And you look at them and their countenances, and I often wonder, what if they go home to the husband and talk as nice to him as they do there to us? No, because he don't get he's not paying her. Maybe we start start tipping wives to be nice. You say, what about the man? Well, what about the woman? But anyway, this is a good example of seeing these waitresses, how they do it, and how nice people can be if it's a man or a woman. They're that way in their real life. And when they're fussing the kids and suddenly they pick up the phone and start being nice, they can put on a nice voice tone. Your first neighbor is your spouse, is your children. We cannot heal this nation. We won't heal this nation until we get rid of strife within the family, within the marriage relationship. And yes, you might say, my spouse is a louse. I'd make a good bumper sticker. Y'all remember that? <laughs> I was riding down the road one day and I saw a bumper sticker that said, uh, My husband is a king, and underneath it, it says, of idiots. So, anyway, this is the mentality we have. We think we can be nice to our neighbor, physically the neighbors, but not within the family. A lady told the parish, first love those in your family, and then you'll be able to love all those who come here. So, to heal the family means to heal the nation. And to heal the nation, you'll have a, a people of individuals that will be whole. And so our lady gives these messages about love, 
God gave you the love and showed you how you should forgive and love others. If you're not ready to do that, nothing's going to change. A lady said, March 2nd, 2007, to Mariana, for us. And she said, our lady was resolute. I wrote in the 54-day novena that God's... Uh, God's decision of Mary is resolute. In other words, who he made her for, who he made her to be, is absolute. Her messages are absolute truth. We don't have to worry about it if they're theologically correct. You say, well, what about Maria if she made some mistake? Never have we had messages given this way where they... Are able to, Maria can't remember this an hour later, but right after she remembers it verbatim, it's incredible to watch her. You can't read this message or short message and repeat it exactly as it is. But this is burned into her. And then it fades away into the normal memory of the brain. And she has to read it like we do. But in this March 2nd, 2007 apparition, Mariana said that lady was resolute. She said, today... I will speak to you about what you have forgotten. We want this. We want this favor. We want this nation healed. But if we've forgotten something, how can that be? Dear children, my name is love. That I am among you for so much of your time is love. Because the great love sends me. I am asking that you, rather, I'm asking the same of you. I'm asking for love in your families. I'm asking that you recognize love in your brother. Only in this way, through love, will you see the face of the greatest love. May fasting and prayer be your guiding star. Open your hearts to love. Namely, salvation. The love of man will grow cold. Do you think we're living in those days? Obedience is best displayed, or rather love is best displayed through obedience. What Mariana say in Oregon? Live God's law. Not nine of them, not eight of them, ten of them. We've failed, we've all failed. We need to confess. Don't leave here with that confession. Our bishops just clarified very clearly that we can have confession here. Because many say we can't have that. You take that opportunity... And as Pope Benedict said, one tear of repentance. That's all we need. No revival can come. No renewal can come. No rebuilding can come unless we repent it. Nineveh repented. It's the Nineveh principle. Sodom did not. We know the fates of both. Are we going to do that? Well, we started not the president. Forget all that mess. You're not going to choose who's going to be the next president. 
We're in God's hands. He decides what's going to be. Whether he withdraws, the devil moves in, and there's emptiness. Or whether we take over through love and obedience and God act on our behalf. And he says, pray, fast, let God act. And it may be through many different ways. But the big question is, are we going to change sufficiently enough that God can act on our behalf? He wants to. It doesn't mean we just got to be singing kumbaya with the enemy and he's going to make that happen. Joan of Arc's way was it that way. We don't know what God has choose, but we know we have the promise of the scriptures. If a people pray and humble themselves, I will heal their land. And so we want to come here and fix the enemy. Now we come here to fix ourselves. That's your purpose. That's your intent. To leave here holy. No strife in the family. To live for God first. To decide for God first. You cannot go. In Williamsburg, if you've been there, they have everybody that's there. Like when George Washington's days, they got reenactments. They got people there that portray the person that lived in that town at that time. Thomas Jefferson's there. The guy dresses like Thomas Jefferson. He eats, drinks, and thinks Thomas Jefferson. We were there years ago when Clinton was in office, and people asked. We, we'd go to the forum, and they were talking. They were having a debate. Jefferson and some other, Patrick Henry, several other people were there. Of course, these are the people who portray him. And that's their job. And they know his mind so well that they can answer in a spontaneous question according to how Thomas Jefferson would, would, would answer. And they ask him about President Clinton. And he asks, who, who's that? I don't know who that is. So they won't go beyond the dates of what they lived in the time of their, their death. They'll answer anything within that time frame. Beyond that, they say, I don't know who, who you're talking about. So the guy changed his question. Okay, President Clinton uh, has lied, and 54% of the people still voted for him for president, something like that. And this guy, Thomas Jefferson, said something profound. He says, you get the leaders of who you are. Incredible. What kind of people are we that we got what we've gotten? If we're liars, we get a liar. 54% of the people did that. And I can guarantee the other 46% of the people weren't perfectly honest in everything they did. So our lady wants us to live authentic Christianity. Christianity in its fullness, not part-time. Full-time. The sin provision is, is there in confession. That's not the problem. The problem is the denial of sin. This is okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Why are you making a big deal about it? Oh, well, they want to live that way. Okay, that's not me to say. It is you to say. Sin in the culture rots the whole culture, and to come back to your kids and you and your family be destroyed through it. How come we can't stand up against sin in the culture? How come we get beat up? How come we can pass amendments for things? And then it's because a judge overthrows it. Because we are weak, and our salt does not convict, and we're flat. We have no power. And we're getting beat up. We're getting beat up. And we're getting beat up. Who would ever dream the Supreme Court was going to do what they just did. I just wrote a book, this was going to happen. 
that ain't going to happen, or look what happened when I was sleeping. I'm saying that what was going to happen. What just happened with the Supreme Court? We're not going to change nothing through them. It's part of the ruling evil. Our Lady said, February 2nd, 2012, pride has come to rule. Our Lady said, November 2nd, 2011, No, she said August 2nd, 2011. The evil wants, or rather, yeah, the evil wants to rule and destroy the earth. Think about that. Do you believe in apparitions? Okay, she said evil wants to rule and destroy the world. She says it actually the way she says it. The, evil wants to rule the world and to destroy it. It's pretty alarming to hear. And then a few months later, February 2nd, pride has come to rule. There's no way those two messages don't correlate. Go from, August, from February 2nd, pride has come to rule, to August 2nd, 11. Evil wants to rule. Pride is evil. What does it want to do to destroy the world? And go back to the day, August 2nd, 2011, 30 years before that. Do you think that's by chance on August 2nd, 30 years before that, that our lady says, a great struggle is about to unfold between my son and Satan. Human souls are at stake. You think that's by coincidence? That's the message. Those dates, that correlation. And that great struggle. And then announce it's here, people. It's purification time. Where are you going to be? No more fence sitting. No more in the middle. No more I'll change tomorrow. No more procrastination. Those days are over. Procrastination does not work. It cannot work anymore. It's decision time. And you feel it now. We were saying the same words. And we saw these messages, I'm telling you, in these years now, 2012, back in the 90s. And then we didn't have the physical evidence we have now. We felt it. We knew it. We wrote it. You can read some of the writings. The shows, it sounds like it was just wrote now with all the knowledge. But it was in the message. We believed in the message. We followed it. While you're here on these grounds, look at these messages. Get a word from heaven. Be reading these messages. It's your guide to set out into the future. With who? My name is Love. The concept of love we have is different than God. Jesus says, a peace, which is love, because God is love. Our lady says, God is peace. And Jesus says, my peace is not man's peace. My peace is as a sword. It comes to divide. And he goes to give five examples or so, four or five examples. Separate mother and father, or rather from the children. The mother, uh, daughter from the mother. And some people won't give that up. They think, okay, if I'm going this way, I can't give back that. I don't mean give that up. I don't mean turn away. But when somebody starts putting pressure because you want to live your life, they will pressure you not to because you convict them. They don't want to change, so they want to mundane you. And there will be separation. But if you hold fast and you're a silent witness, not trying to talk them into it, you can't reason with your witness. you got to live it. Slowly they'll come your way and you'll be, instead of divided, you'll be united. 
Go find me a thousand people in a church at seven o'clock in the morning. They're 10 minutes before Mass even starts. I didn't hardly see anybody in Mass come in late today. After 10 minutes still, most people were there. The, the highest percentage, not, not, not 75%. I mean, it was full, really. It's beautiful. That spoke to me. That convicted me this morning. This is witness. We think witnesses, I got to tell about Ben Shaguria. No, your witness has to be so guiding star, after looking at the star, being what the star is, what is the star? It shines bright in the night in silence. And if your witness is that way, people will come to you. Why are you that way? Who are you? Well, I'm this and that. And they'll ask you. They'll be pulling and extracting things from you. And then you tell them. You can't go look for people on the street and say, let me tell you about Medjugorje. They've got to be backing up just like the bumper sticker says, let me tell you about my grandchildren. They don't want to hear that. By the way, let me tell you about my grandchildren. You'll see them around here. Nevertheless, you're responsible here. Our lady told Mariana several years ago on one of the apparitions, on this great day of prayer, when I read that, I thought, what happened? I need to go do some research. Did the Pope pronounce something? Was something bigger than the news? Was there some big prayer thing? What happened? When a lady could say for the whole world, this great day of prayer. I never found anything. I never understood it. Three months later, I'm in Medjugorje, and I asked Mariana. I said, Mariana, why did Our Lady say this great day of prayer? What happened that day? She said, what are you, what are you talking about? I said, you got a message. And Our Lady says, on this great day of prayer. And she thought, she, oh, she says there was about 50 people in my house. They prayed three hours before and after the apparition, they prayed another hour or two after that. Incredible. Our Lady could pronounce for the whole world a great day of prayer by 50 people. You've got the whole world to stop abortion praying for it. Why hasn't it happened? How come we can't close the womb to that? Everybody's praying for it. They're doing all these things. What's, what is in us that stop us from getting answers prayers? The scriptures say, knock and you'll receive. The whole world's praying for it. Elijah's one man. We can't close the womb. And Elijah closes heaven from rain. Raining down on earth for three years. One single man. On this date, great day of prayer, these 50 that they prayed from the heart moved Our Lady to say this. This is a profound lesson. Our prayers don't rise to heaven if we're not living the religious life. If we're doing something in God's eyes just as evil as abortion. Look what happened where he's sleeping talks about that. It'll show, it'll explain it to you. You'll see. You're living things that has begotten these other sins. We see them as great sins, but what does God see in us? How is he going to answer our prayers without that? And one man opened the heavens again, Elijah, three years later. And a whole world, wherever you go, there's people praying to stop abortion. What does that say to you? There's something amiss in us as Christians. Something gone flat. And so Our Lady shows us the element that's, listening, that's missing, the key element, is love. I love our nation. 
I believe in it. Doesn't have to think twice to die for it. It's no big deal. People might think it's a big deal. If you're grainy, you are that way, it's not. But that's love too. That's love of neighbor. And so we face our third great peril. You can read American history to understand that. Get these bookers. If you can't afford anything, just get it. Go on shipping and get it here. Read that on the grounds. If you haven't read American history, you've never learned, read that here. If you read it before, read it again. And so we're gathered here for purpose. And some of us, well, all of us are angry. We're mad. At what's happening in this country, what people are doing to it. And when I stop and I look at Our Lady, and I stop and look at God and Christ and what they did, they're pointing to me as the one at fault. We need a bunch of Elijahs out there. But we only need one Elijah even. One John the Baptist in your family. Our Lady has entrusted her plans to her apostles. You, the apostles, we think apostles are bishops. She repeatedly with Mariana is saying, pray for your shepherds. Of course, shepherds can be anybody's leading the people. But for the most part, we look at this as the bishops and the priests. And if bishop and a priest that becomes the apostle of our lady is even double turboed. But main, the main thing our lady is doing is calling lay people to renew the whole world. And when I say renew, I don't mean resurrect. We've gone astray. The West, she says, make great, great civilization progress as if they were their own creator. I just got there reading about some things that just happened, that they just released about GMO children now. We're doing it with corn. We're doing it with plants. We're doing it with animals. They've, I think, birthed 30, 30 children now, GMOs. They've been genetically modified with three parents. As if, great civilization progress, as if they're their own creators. What are the avenues of not knowing this strain and this and this gene and this gene? The trees of branches where that goes from there. What don't we foresee? Many things unseen and impossible to be seen and foreseen at this moment are coming to us. This healthcare thing, you don't even know. What we've been arguing on the issues, you don't even know about this thing. There's a lot of unforeseen in this thing. We've been studying it really hard. And some shocking things show up in it. And you might say, well, I read this on the news. But the mosaic, when you see it in a mosaic, you'll understand. And we've been had, people. We've been had. We don't have no way out of this. There's no way out. And it's Our Lady who said, by prayer you'll perceive the greatest joy out of every situation that has no exit. But I can tell you, there's not really an exit here unless God gives it. Does he give one? God can always give one. But our situation is hopeless. It's interesting. Have we got the 25th message handy? It's very interesting that Our Lady gives the message on the 25th that she gave. 
And we look at June as Christmas, the beginning of preparation for Christmas, through 20 years of the novena that we're praying now. And, of course, we do seven novenas starting June 25th all the way to December. That's where we end them. And, of course, that's, for, that's 20 years of prayers for the praying of reconciling ourselves and our families and our nation back to God. And through this, we got the themes uh, of each novena for purification or whatever it may be for each month. And so the first month's theme, of course, is hope, as you heard. And the message is about hope. And all, all the messages all the way through there is about hope. And so when Our Lady, while we're in Medjugorje, comes up with her message for the 25th, and she emphasizes the first sentence that here we are on a, on a pivotal year. We know 2012 is it for us. And ain't no mind calendar. Forget that stuff. It's just what's on the horizon for us. It's what's politically in front of us. We know this is it. We're down to the last line. And so here it is. We've got a novena of hope that we start. And Our Lady comes and gives a message, and I'll say it. Um, and the first thing she says, Dear children, with great hope. It's incredible. You think that could even be a coincidence? You think she's echoing me for I wrote that 20 years ago? No, she got that wrote 20 years ago knowing she was gonna, I was going to be echoing her. She got the capability to do the future and make it like it's that way. Dear children, with great hope in the heart, also today I call you to prayer. If you pray, little children, you're with me and you seek, you're seeking the will of my son and are living it. Be open and live prayer. And at every moment, may it be for you the savor, savoring, not, not the savor, but it's like savoring food. Well, the savor and the joy of the soul. I'm with you and I intercede for all of you before my son Jesus. Incredible. Incredible that you read that Hope Novena and know that Our Lady's message, the day we start it for the whole nation, and other people in other nations pray that. They, people really realize if our nation goes down, they're in line next. They're scared. And this, in Europe, you can't even imagine what's going to take place there. It is very, very dangerous situation. With great hope in the heart. There's no way our lady's not speaking to us through that. Not just the words of the novena, not just the words of the message, but the day and the, and, the, and the timing of this and the circumstances of now, this is the year that we've got to change something now. We can't wait. We can't procrastinate. And you have been listening to A Friend of Medjugorje at Caritas of Birmingham, July the 1st, 2012. A friend of Medjugorje speaks to us from his experience of walking with Our Lady and changing his life and walking through purification. Many people throughout the world find their direction from the things which A Friend of Medjugorje presents in the broadcast and in his writings. And these are things which we have said before are not opinion, but are things which have been formed through the messages. And a lot of what a friend of Medjugorje is speaking about is from his own experience. And that is why so many people can connect to what he is saying, because there is power behind his words. 
We encourage everyone to join us here July the 1st through the 5th. Make a spur-of-the-moment decision and drop everything and be with Our Lady during those five days. This is a time which a friend of Medjugorje has said may never come again. And so to conclude here again is a friend of Medjugorje, July the 1st, 2012. So I want to leave you with these words. I know it's hot. Offer this up. Don't go with the temptation. I'll just go back. Suffer for it. It's a lady who said, August 25th, 1997, you've heard me say it. Soon will come a time when you'll lament for these messages. Soon? That was 1997. That's, what, 15 years ago. 16 years ago, even. Almost. One day will be one day before everything ends with this. And then there'll be one day when we'll have one more message being given. And we'll lament for that. Why? Because we could have put those messages into life in the time of grace, and we didn't do it in the time of invitation. And we could have changed our life. We could have been making amends. We could be changing the direction of our life. I already said that. Change the direction of your life. Don't continue. You say, I'm trapped. Then pull a message out of the hat. We pick them at random all the time. If you want to cheat, cheat so you can pick. Oh, look at this one. Through prayer, you'll perceive the greatest joy out of every situation has no exit. A lady can give you the way out. You may not see it, and if you don't have faith, you won't get it. If you don't have the hope for it to happen, you won't have the hope for it to happen. Our lady said, never has heaven been so near. Our lady said, if you need me, call me, and I will come immediately. You can't get the mayor of your town an appointment with him for three or more months. He's so important. And we can talk to the mother of God immediately. Jesus Christ, God himself. God the Father, just like this. And we don't tap into it. We have a God right here that we always do. If we just could equal and make a commitment, just equal the conversation and the texting on that thing that you do to God, and the world will change. If you do it from the heart. Diminish those things in life that take away from the spiritual life. And increase those things that add to the spiritual life. You will not regret it. You won't like it. But great are the consolations. But every hardship, every difficulty can be of value and is of worth. And you can ask any community member here the things that I've drilled into them over and over and over the last two months is what I started with. The message I lay says, do you permit me to purify your heart? And that's what I want to leave you with. Do you permit Our Lady to purify your heart? It's not going to be fun, but it's a necessity. Nobody wants to go underneath the scalpel for the tumor or the cancer or the heart attack whatever you need, but it's necessary. You can either choose it now. Well, just think now. You've got a tumor. You can wait till health care goes in place, or you can do it now. Well, we don't have health care. Which one you want to wait on? You might not even get it later. Maybe it may be decided they can't afford Novocaine, so you have just like this lady who's just got eight stitches. They did it without Novocaine. That's going to happen. Money won't be there. 
It's going to be a lot harder. Do it now. Accept purification now. Walk into it. This ends the Medjinomics broadcast with a friend of Medjugorje. These broadcasts are available as CDs, which are sent directly to your doorstep on a monthly subscription. For information, contact Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000.